Hello, Virginia Heffernan here. What you're about to hear is a teaser for today's episode of Trumpcast, which is available in full for Slate Plus members only. See how tempted you are now to sign up for Slate Plus? We've made one in four episodes exclusive to Slate Plus members because they help support the work we do on Trumpcast and help fund other Slate podcasts like Slow Burn. To sign up and hear this episode and every episode of Trumpcast in full, please visit slate.com slash Trumpcast plus. It's only $35 for the first year and you'll get other benefits like ad-free podcasts and discounted tickets to live Slate events. So sign up now at slate.com slash Trumpcast plus. And thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. When Trumpcast inventor Jacob Weisberg handed off this show to me, one of the best parts of the deal was that it came with John D. Domenico. You all know this. John writes and performs brilliant sketches for Trumpcast, and he is the show's true ace. Of course, he's hands down the best Trump impersonator, but for him, doing impersonations isn't the mostly technical affair it is for some actors who imitate celebrities. More than anyone alive, John has managed to cultivate actual empathy for Trump. I mean, think about it. He has to take Trump's gestures into his hands, his phonemes into his mouth, and his vanity into his jaws and shoulders. John can attest that every time we do an event together, I pepper him with questions about how Trump is doing. Because at every stage of Trump's campaign and presidency, John has had to study him and gird up to go back into Trump's head and see how he, John, might inhabit it. It's hard even to count up how many skills are required to do what John does. And while it's fun to play villains, it's hard, as James Gandolfini found playing Tony Soprano, to embody them. So John's work takes a strong stomach, too. The earliest idea of Trumpcast was that it would provide as many ways as possible to look at and understand this disconcerting-looking mammal who was transitioning from oleogenous, racist game show host to despotic politician with fascist kinks. We've had lawyers and psychiatrists and artists and linguists and politicians on the show to help us to make sense of the president. But when it comes down to deep, somatic understanding of Donald Trump, no one beats John D. Domenico, and I'm thrilled to have him as my guest today. John D. Domenico, I am so happy to have you in the studio. <laughs> it's so great to be here as me. It, as you, I know. I'm, I might not even make you do it, although like last time, I'm going to ask you to teach me something. Right. And I think I could be more open to it or better at it than last oh, okay. time. Because you know I think I can do impersonations. Right. right. And, like a lot of people. It's the ability to hear yourself. Okay. That's the most important thing. That's right. what most people don't realize about impersonators and impressionists. You can hear yourself. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's like when you hear a recording back, you're like, is that me? Yeah. Like, if you're able to hear yourself, that's when you can modulate and change your voice and do whatever you have to do to make it sound like somebody else. Oh, my God. So you are an actor. I yes. don't know that everybody understands, and it took me a while to understand, and I will say you are a totally great self-promoter, but you do not say this enough, which is that you, unique among actors who do impersonations that I know, write your own material. Yes. Please understand how hard that is. You're writing comedy that walks a line, writing jokes that play up, you know, what an asshole and a devastation he is to the country, while also 
being him. Right. I did a show in Las Vegas, and I do this all the time. I just did an event, a pro-Trump group in Marion, Illinois, but I also did one in Santa Barbara. My goal as a performer, as a writer, as a comedian, Mm -hmm. is to entertain the entire audience. Mm -hmm. So when I would do the Las Vegas show and pro-Trump people would come up afterwards and go, we love Trump, we're Mm pro-Trump, we're we're Trumpers, and that was so funny. Mm -hmm. And then four seconds later, someone comes up and goes, I can't stand Trump. That was so funny. It's important for me to be able to write that it's so fine that that both sides of the aisle are getting. Yeah, and maybe teasing out some of the ironies that we didn't see there. I think what one side of the aisle misses is the irony (laughs) of some of the stuff that I'm saying. Yes. So that's that's the important part. So that's surfacing, turning up in the mix some of the stuff that's like, oh, you know, maybe just more hostile, more inhumane, more whatever, turning it up in the mix. But I'm going to speak a bit about a delicate issue you and I touched on Mm. last time, which is how you've had to have actual, and I think this word is abused, empathy for Trump. In other words, you've had to be in his physicality, inhabit his physicality. And there is no better way to understand. It's not a matter of saying he's at heart a great guy or he has pain or he has whatever. But you said some amazing things last time about how he covers for what he doesn't know, how he tries to reestablish his authority somehow in his mouth, Mm. like he sets his mouth. Tell me some more things you've learned about being Donald Trump. Well, there's some, you know, there's been there's been more more tells, you know, the more he speaks the 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 more you see who he is and i mean a lot of this stuff has been set in stone yeah who he is is pretty much set in stone now it gets broader and it's every day and sometimes every hour right that's what more and more people are seeing about him and for me i mean i'm it's literally hour to hour every single day yeah but what i try to do is when something breaks yeah on the news i try to get on twitter and say what I'm pretty sure he's going to say. Uh, nice. Yeah, I try to be like an hour or two ahead of him. And I'm usually like 95, 99%. Yeah, right, yeah, because yeah. there's a real predictability to him. You know, people say he's unpredictable, but really he's very predictable. Okay, wait, give me give me an example. Give me well, an example. you know, if someone turns on, it's not, I don't even say the turn. If someone is kind of going off the where they should be, you know, and depending on the value of that person, mm-hmm. they're done. So it's going to, listen, I barely knew Michael Cohen, low level guy, you know, but <laughs> yeah, he was the vice boy. president of the company. He right. was the vice president <laughs> of Trump. So like with, with Rudy, he's Stuck. He's really stuck. Yeah. And you could see he was trying out some new material at Chopper Talk at one point. What was what do you mean? Because he was kinda like, Chopper Well, Rudy, Talk. Rudy, you know, he's he's a good guy. He's you know, he's smart guy. And you can see he wasn't like he wasn't a hundred percent. He said good guy about Mike Flynn also. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's what's going to happen yeah. with if Rudy gets indicted, mm-hmm. I, this is exactly what's gonna you know what? I, you know what he was on his own. He's out there on his own. He was doing rogue stuff. I never told him to do that. I never told, you know, he loves me and he's very loyal. He's a loyal guy. Very, very loyal. But I didn't say to do any of that stuff. And it goes back to the way he communicates because everyone says it's the same thing. He'll never say specifically what to do or how to do it. Everyone interprets it. Right. So this is the... Mr. Trump talks in code, which we learned from Michael Cohen, who is who is 
he's a he's a distant second to you in Trump analysis and reading. Right. But he's still I don't know if you remember, he gave the example and this recalled something you said to me. So he gave the example of how does Mr. Trump talk in code His example that he gave before Congress. So one yeah. of the Democratic congressmen said, what do you mean he talks in code? And he said, so he'll come up to you and say, isn't that the greatest tie you've ever seen in your life? Isn't it tremendous, fantastic tie? And what are you going to say back to that? What, you don't even consult if you like the tie. Of course, you're going to say, right. right, it's a good tie. Tremendous you, tie. Tremendous tie. You told me, <laughs> God, 20 years ago, two years ago, when you've met him, he'll say, isn't it a beautiful day? Isn't yes, it a beautiful day? You know, he went to the church, the man who wrote The Power of Positive Thought. Norman Vincent Peale. Norman Vincent He went to that church as a kid. Yeah, um, Marble Collegiate. Yeah, Marble Collegiate. His mom took him there. And it's almost like a scene out of a superhero movie, like the spider bites Spider-Man and gets <laughs> spider Yeah. Like, he probably went to like one sermon yes. on positive, and he took that and he kind of inculcated it and it's like running through his bloodstream so anytime he's anywhere and this goes back to the opening of any of the property isn't this incredible isn't this amazing isn't this the greatest it's always the absolute best it's yeah positive the power of positive thought out to the furthest edges yeah yeah and he does that with everything and it works a lot of the time, but at a certain point it drops off the cliff because reality butts up against yeah. the positivity. But he does that. And people, it's one of the things I think why people, and this sounds crazy, but perceptions, reality, mm-hmm. that a lot of people are like, the, rea- well, the economy's great. It's doing fantastic because he's saying yes. it's doing yes. s- that way. Yes. And I am seeing this all over the country with all these interactions for, with all these events. He reminds me of the character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Rat, when he was giving dating advice to the schlubby guy, and he yes. says, no matter where you are, it's the greatest place. Hey, isn't this mall the greatest place? It was, And I was thinking, like, that's <laughs> just like this character. It's literally, like, verbatim. So someone walks away from you, and they're like, that was sort of the greatest guy. Like, yeah, yeah, because yeah, everything's very, very positive. Isn't this incredible? Look at this spread of food. Have you seen a spread of food like this? What do you, like you said, what are you going to yeah. say? No. <laughs> right. What are you going to say? No. It's such a simple thing. And, but that buy-in... Mm-hmm. That's the corrupting element. It's the small buy-in and another small buy-in and another small buy-in, and then you're and you can see it. You can see it with the the, the people around him. Yeah, it's buy-in after buy-in after buy-in, and at some point it becomes blurry. It's like, what did I just buy into? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what yeah. Happened, right? So that's that's you know that's why you you almost question like why is so and so agreeing to this? That was our preview. Aren't you compelled to hear more? You can. Just sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus to listen to the full episode and get all our podcasts without ads. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.